Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Going On In There. I'm Stephen Tomlinson with Level 7 Facility Services, and as always, I'm joined by my old buddy, Dave Hollister. Hello. Who, uh, at this point, really needs no introduction, of course. He is the glue and the operational mastermind of our organization. I go around making unrealistic promises, and he sees to it that we actually keep them. <laughs> he is taller and better organized than me. Uh better organized by a long shot i should say uh, but i do have a little more hair than him uh I, i'm the dreamer he's the pragmatist we make a damn fine team and i'm lucky i get to call him my business partner dave what's going on in your world today not a whole lot thanks for the introduction <laughs> always always we, we, i'm asking you what's going on in your world as if we didn't just have coffee two hours ago yeah. but anyway uh so also making his debut on the podcast today is a relatively new and very highly welcomed addition to our team, our regional business development manager, Sam Mitchell. We uh, we take a lot of pride in surrounding ourselves with people who are smarter than us, which isn't oh, that, about that. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is not that hard to do. Uh, but but Sam is certainly a testament to that. And uh, in a very short time, Sam has come in and um, and totally revamped and, and drastically improved our VD processes pretty much single handedly and brought us into the twentieth. Uh, the 21st century, I should say, with, with <laughs> you don't want to go backwards. So. Yeah, no, you, no, you don't. You don't. We've, we've tried. Uh, and uh, let's see, what else has Sam done? So Sam has actually uh, uh, brought us up into the 21st century with systematic structure that's been a departure from the way that we've done things previously, uh, which used to basically amount to, I don't know, just go sell something. Uh, Sam grew up in Conyers and currently lives with his lovely wife and daughter in the Canton area, right? That's it. Uh, and he brings a ton of sales experience, uh, a sharp business acumen, and a boatload of likability, too. So, Sam, thank you for coming to join us. We're Absolutely. very happy to have you here, sir. Absolutely. So, as I mentioned, Dave and Sam and I are with Level 7 Facility Services, and uh, what we do on this podcast is we take a peek behind the curtain of some of Atlanta's many intriguing organizations, and we speak to business leaders from around the metro area to hear all about their origins, what's important to them, and to the organizations they work with, where it is that they're heading next, their victories, challenges, and lessons learned along the way. So, Sam, how are you, sir? I'm excellent. I'm doing great. You know how you're driving down the road sometimes, and maybe you drive fast some crazy, impressive-looking structure, and you find yourself wondering, what is that place? And what in the world do they do? What's going on in there? So it is that very curiosity that fuels the premise of this show and gives us the excuse to sit down with fine folks like our guests today and hear about what makes their organizations unique. So without further ado, we are very fortunate to be joined today by two friends of ours uh, who both have interesting stories to tell, and we look forward to finding out more about you guys and your organizations. Uh, we'll start with... Jamie Hamilton, who is the executive director at the Special Needs Schools of Gwinnett and is very involved in the Gwinnett community, as many of our listeners already know. Uh, Jamie graduated from Penn State with a degree in golf management, and prior to his current role, as you might expect from the title of his degree, he worked in various roles in the world of golf and hospitality, most notably at the Greenbrier uh, outside of Lewisburg, West Virginia, correct? Yes. Uh, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. And uh, also joining us via Zoom, uh, we can see you, Darren. I'm not sure how well you can see us. Um, we have Darren. Hey, good. So we have Darren Flanagan, who is the owner of Launch and Go Workspace, a premier co-working space with locations in Norcross and Peachtree City. 
Uh, Darren graduated from Florida State with a degree in supervision and management. And does that, so as you can see, Darren, we do a little bit of show prep. A little bit, not much. But, uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> he is also the co-host the co of the uh, Beer and Business Podcast, which is probably actually informative and entertaining, something we know very little about here. Uh, Darren, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us. Thanks for having me on the show. So uh, we can just kind of start with you, Darren. Um, can you give us a little bit of a background, kind of, you know, give us a, uh, your, your career path, how you wound up, uh, where you are in your current role and your origins and all that good stuff? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> my career path. Well, at my age, it could, you know, really long. So, um, <laughs> but I will say I've started as an entrepreneur when I was 16 years old. I had my first business back then um, owned a couple businesses here and there learned quite a few things went into the corporate world for a while and but I always had that there's always that scratch in the back of your head or, or my like a big thump like somebody smacking you with a sledgehammer that said this isn't you this isn't where you want to be um, you know you're shifting energy too much even though you enjoy what you're doing but you know you're you got to go run your own business mm -hmm. and um so i had made a decision at one point to long and short of it i was leaving the company that i was with i gave them a two months notice so i could help uh prepare the next candidate and get them onboarded correctly but i had a list of a long list of a bunch of things that i wanted to do and it's like, I'm, I'm, I just didn't have the time to get to them. Like, I, I want to start this business idea. I want to pursue this thing. And so I made it, made it possible. Um, a week, I would say, a few days before I was quitting my job or leaving my job, I was at a networking event and somebody said, hey, you should come to this thing that's next week. It's at a co-working office over in Noonan. Uh, Georgia Nick a couple towns over and I'm like cool uh, you know co-working office I, I know about this it was we all have weird hobbies you know we geek out on certain things and <laughs> mine was following co-working offices <laughs> wow <laughs> exciting conversations <laughs> I know um, <laughs> I, I think I'd rather talk about the different types of paint coatings than that you know it's like mm -hmm. oh eggshell versus flat versus whatever <laughs> um, but it just all of a sudden this I had this light bulb moment could Peachtree City use a co-working office and it that idea went on my list of things to do and not only did it go there it moved to the top extremely quickly I dove in did my market research saw that there was a demand and but it was how can I separate my space from you know an executive office suite type place or this other spot that kind of sort of doing this and actually the idea that I had fit in really well I didn't have to tweak it too much and so what year was this when you were in um, the formative stages god this is 98 oh wow. wow no I'm sorry wait wait not 98 sorry I'm in the wrong decade <laughs> um and I haven't even started drinking yet today holy <laughs> hey I was in the wrong century earlier so you're fine <laughs> that that happens that happens later on our podcast um so um it was 2018 okay and uh so that was like november the end of november beginning of december and 
all of a sudden it, it just within six months I had signed a lease and was open in August of like that following year or that year so wow. it was I've been I've had it for three and a half years uh, the one in Peachtree City um, I met my business partner my current business partner um, actually went to do some consulting work because she was interested in the co-working industry and offices and wanted to know more about it so somebody introduced us and uh, started walking some of you know some of her spaces and putting together projections and everything else and she's like why are you know why don't we just partner up and do this yeah and um so lo and behold we just opened one in up in norcross uh within this past month oh wow and then and yeah in the next month or so we're going to be opening up in college park fantastic we'll have another one there and then she hit me with well, maybe we could open up two or three more by the end of the year. <laughs> so I'm like, well, well, all right. Well, you you must be uh, doing well with them then. I I guess you're seeing a lot of demand for it, huh? Uh, there's a, there's a huge demand um, in the market, and it's it's a matter of doing it right and making sure that it's you know that you that you bring it stay profitable. The the saying is. We've all seen the movie, or most people have seen the movie Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you build it, they will come, is the philosophy. But I always say, if you build it, and you build it right, then they'll stay. There you go. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. You don't want them just to show up and leave. You want them, oh, wow, I like this. I like the energy. I like the feel. I like, uh, you know, what's going on here. And I always say, I can't take credit for the community that's, been formed in in my co-working office the members do that themselves they're the ones who really create the energy they create the camaraderie i just facilitated a space for them to do it in yeah what what would you say is kind of your defining what is it that sets you guys apart from other co-working spaces was there something an idea that you had in mind as far as you you referred to energy and feel like um, I mean, I provide 100% sarcasm every day. I think people that's, really enjoy that's that. That's huge. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, important. It, bring, it brings it back. <laughs> no, it, it's com- <laughs> I would say it's a, com- it's a comfortable professional space. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a variety of things you can work out in the open. You can work in private offices. But it's, I try to make people feel at home as quickly as possible. Yeah. So even the setups with the couches and the chairs, I'll, I'll tell folks, I'm like, if you're, you know, how do you work at home? And they're like, you know, do you sit up on the couch with your feet on the couch and your laptop and your lap? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you can do that here. Just take your shoes off. <laughs> and so I remember watching one person one day and they were kind of lying on the couch, sitting on it angled and not quite sure if they could actually do it. And about 20 minutes later, they took their shoes off and they had their feet up on the couch and it's you know you put coffee tables to put your feet on a coffee table too so it's like this is comfortable for you folks and um that's all you know make them feel warm and welcome as quickly as possible most people don't get when i when i uh when they're coming in for a tour or something and i'm giving them the rundown i'm like you know you get free high-speed wi-fi you get 24 7 access coffee tea and water and then i always throw out and the toilet paper is free and that one just it just sails over their head <laughs> and I'm like, uh, it's it's 
got to be my delivery of the joke because I think it's a, you guys laughed. I, so I, it's I got to it. be a funny it's one. A good but. one. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me back up a little bit. So, did you originally come from Florida? Did you grow up in Florida? No. Um, well, I say I was born in Alabama, but I lived there for only six months. But and then I grew up up in Syracuse, New York. But <laughs> Being born in Alabama gives me rights to live below the Mason-Dixon. Yeah, we got two Yankee um, guests on today. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I used to, I, yeah, when I, I went to Florida State, um, and I've never moved. You know, I've stayed in the South ever since. What so, brought you to Atlanta originally? Um, well, I mean, I had to escape the warrants that I had against me in Florida. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Understood. Um, <laughs> No, actually, I, I used to work for a couple of different lotteries. So I, I worked for the Florida Lottery um, and then took a job with the Georgia Lottery. So that moved me up to the Atlanta area. Cool. And that was that was it. So This um, may seem like a silly question. I, and I wanted to ask you that when you were working for the lottery. Can employees, in fact, play the lottery if you work for the lottery? <laughs> no. No, you curious. cannot. Bummer. Yeah, cannot. Not that not that they not that there's any insight. It's like they don't have any inside tips. You know, sure, you, you don't have to sell us on it. It's okay. Tips. It's fine. So, <laughs> ping pong balls. Hey, right? trust me. If I if I knew that stuff, do you really think I don't have right. institution? <laughs> <laughs> or would you, as a front, maybe Touché. you know? There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think my accountant would disagree with you on that one. <laughs> you sure you should be funneling more money through this operation? <laughs> but no. Mm -hmm. Well, Jamie, uh, let's uh, let, let's hear a little bit about what you you've got a lot going on. You and I had lunch a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, it was really interesting to hear some of your story. And uh, coming from the world of golf management uh, and into now running uh, a, a school. Can you kind of walk us through that path? A yeah, bit? it's it's been an interesting journey. Uh, one I, I couldn't have predicted, but I'm really glad it worked out that way. But yeah, as you said, I, I came from the world of golf. And so uh, people are probably wondering professional golf management. What kind of degree is that? What do you do? It's a real thing. There's about 15 schools that offer it. It's basically a business degree with an emphasis on sports, recreation, and it pulls all of the PGA of America's certification work into it. So it's actually a really busy four plus years. You're doing 15 months of internship along the way, so you, you sort of start and don't get a break until you graduate from college, and then you, of course, jump into the workforce. So, yeah, I went through that, uh, got in as an assistant professional, worked uh, at a private club in Southampton, New York, hmm. uh, seasonally. So for five years in the summers, I worked in New York. Then I packed up and moved to Florida, a little further south in Jupiter, Florida. Hmm. Uh, so followed the the warm weather, the the golfers, and the money around for about five years. Mm -hmm. Tiger's home place. Yeah, we were a little <laughs> down the road from Tiger, and uh, so yeah, that was a great way to sort of spend spend my early and mid twenties, and then uh, picked up and relocated to the middle of nowhere in West Virginia. Had the opportunity to become a head golf professional at the Greenbrier Resort, and did that for about nine years, and. So yeah, I've gotten uh, to do some really unique and, and lucky things and get to spend time around some of the greats uh, in the game and some of the great clubs uh, and resorts in the game. So I've been spoiled to death in that regard um, and loved it. You know, it was something I thought I was gonna do the rest of my career, uh, but that business, hospitality in general, golf specifically, it just asks so much of you. And mm -hmm. you know, when you're 22 and 
don't own anything and don't have anyone to answer to, you can drive all over the place and work seven days a week and, you know, work Christmas Day and weekends. And, and hopefully get to play some golf sometimes. Yeah, too. You, you occasionally <laughs> sneak around and uh, far less than you, you might think or want. Mm. Um, but, you know, as you get older and have a family and th- those dynamics kind of change, um, you know, the balance of sort of work and personal life just sort of got a little out of whack for me. Uh, and about that time, still living in West Virginia, had the opportunity to transition over, we had some uh, some folks and some friends that I knew were uh, had just started a nonprofit organization. They were trying to build an aquatic-based uh, wellness facility, a, a aquatic center there in the area. I was a swimmer growing up, so it, it court sort of resonated with me. And they needed somebody to come on and and uh, take charge of about a six million dollar capital campaign. And so, mm-hmm. in the span of about a month, I was I went from like, I, I, this is. I don't know that someone with my background can do this to suddenly, oh my God, I'm doing this. Mm. And so, yeah, made that transition at the beginning of 2019. And one of the great opportunities and great changes in my life, it took me down a completely different path. And uh, we were really uh, blessed and successful to, to raise that money. And that facility actually opened uh, about a month ago. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's the Greenbrier Aquatic Center. Yeah, it's called the Greenbrier Valley Aquatic Center. So it's in, in Lewisburg. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a 25,000 square foot three pool uh, facility. So really, something that area has needed and wanted for a very long time. Uh, we were really lucky to build it with all donor funds, no debt. Um, it's, it's off and running and doing great. Um, mm. you know, so really, really cool project and something that just sort of resonated with me is, hey, maybe there are, are other paths and things. And if you have a skill set of service and working with people and creating mm-hmm. experiences, you know, you can you can take that more places than I think we kind of give credit to, mm-hmm. uh, or at least I did. Uh, so you know, along the way, my wife Ashley gets an opportunity to take a really great job opportunity down here in Atlanta, and I somehow convince the folks I'm working for that I can move to Atlanta, but still raise money for them in West Virginia. So hmm. uh, we made that move late in, in 2019, um, and so I was doing back and forth about five or six months, and uh, along the way, got to meet uh, the board president for the special needs schools and. Um, a gentleman that I had known slightly through golf, but not very well. And we had lunch one day and I sort of, you know, he said, well, what have you been doing since golf? And I told him the story of community engagement and fundraising and advocacy and all the things that I was doing there. And he just sort of stopped and said, there's this school that I'm <laughs> involved in and we need someone like you to, to come work and tell our story. And so, yeah, just, you know, the, the crazy twists and turns that life takes you and, and Stars it just puts huh? you in the right place at the right time. And I've been really lucky for that to happen a couple times in my life. So I'd love to tell you play a lot more golf now than I used to. That's not (laughs) always the case. It's it's kind of hit and miss. Um, But no, it's I'm super lucky to do it. It's a great school. The kids are awesome. It's 35 years old. There's been awesome things happening there for decades. Um, I'm just the guy that gets to go out and tell the story and make sure people know about it. And for a lot of folks, the last year or two is the first time they're hearing about us. We've maybe been right around the corner in their backyard the whole time. They just they just don't know it's it's there. And so it's rewarding to get to tell that story and, and open up some eyes and some minds. And there's a lot of folks out there that, you know, might have a family member or this is something that they're looking for as a potential student or others that, you know, it touches a, a place in their heart and they want to support and they never knew it was their support. So well, I think um, it's a testament to you doing a great job getting the word out there and, uh, you know, pr- and promoting the school. And you guys are going through a lot of growth right now, too, right? Yeah, it's been a busy couple of years. So we uh, right as I was coming on. So my first day was uh, April 1st of 2020. <laughs> so I literally wow. agreed to the job oh, at the beginning wow. of March. <laughs> Uh, new to Gwinnett, new to Georgia, new to the school. Uh, you're here to create awareness and raise money. Oh, by the way, the world's going to shut down. <laughs> yeah. So that was a unique way to start it. Um, and I'm still kind of not sure how that all worked out, but it did. 
Um, and yeah, I think uh, we're very, so the way our school operates is 10 students per classroom. It's very much a one-on-one -on -one approach to education. Uh, folks in the world of special education know that you can't have 30 kids in a classroom and present like you would a traditional room and expect for everyone in that room to really identify with what's going on and grow and learn and, you know, academics are the gateway for emotional development, social development, all the other things. Mm -hmm. Well, when the world shut down and, you know, school became remote or maybe mom and dad had to become the teacher or the Zoom facilitator, I think a lot of parents learned maybe their kids were maybe just getting by before, not really thriving, sort of, you know, they were presented with some realities that maybe, you know, from a distance, they they really didn't know beforehand. And in the world of special education, that's amplified tenfold. Mm. So that summer when Gwinnett County Public Schools uh, said, you know what, we're gonna pause on bringing, bringing everybody back in the fall. And instead of August, maybe it's September, we don't really know yet. Uh, literally that next day, our phones rang off the hook we had just opened a new school building. We had about 25 new enrollment opportunities, and within about three days, they were all gone. Wow. And so I think a lot of schools, uh, private schools or non-traditional non schools would tell you, a lot more people are aware of educational choice and you know, for whatever that means for that family. They're, they're aware there's other places out there and maybe they're realizing there's a better fit. Um, you know, No knock on public schools. Gwinnett County Public Schools is an exceptional job. Uh, you know, we serve 70 students, they serve 185,070 students. Mm. Um, there's always going to be some students that despite your best efforts, just not the right fit for. Right. right. And we've been really lucky that a lot of those families have found their way to SNS and, and we've been running full capacity for two years and uh, the wait list grows nice. by the day and we're working hard to try to fix that and, and add on and build more classrooms and be able to serve more folks. That's awesome. That's great. You guys are a nonprofit, right? Yeah. We are. Yeah. I would say we're a nonprofit private school, not the other way around. Right. Private school brings with it some assumptions of of wealth and endowments and you know some schools in atlanta have that luxury we are not one of those you know we serve families um sort of you know many of them with with financial challenges so uh, everything we do is, is invested back into those students and those families and um yeah so the, the nonprofit comes before the private in that and, sense and and the fundraising piece of it is is a, a big part of your role too correct and we I definitely want to jump into how people can be in, uh, supportive yeah so really for the first year that was my exclusive role my, my title was director of community and donor engagement for the first year and all it was fundraising now i'm the executive director that's still a big part of what i do i'm trying to help with some other things but um, but yeah, it's, I say the tuition at our school keeps the lights on, you know, everything else is what allows us to do it bigger, better, faster, more, create more impact, serve more students. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of different ways we try to do that. And whether it's investing in classrooms and giving the students more resources, obviously, you know, taking better care of our teachers, giving them the things that they need, you know, both in the classroom and for themselves personally to, to find this a rewarding and fulfilling, you know, uh, line of work. Uh, and then a big thing for us is scholarships too. Again, a lot of the families come to us with the assumption that private school is not something that could ever be attainable for them. And we're there to sort of show them that, you know, it is and we're there to help and it takes a lot of money, but when you can break that barrier down for a family that so desperately needs it, mm -hmm. it's, it's about the most rewarding thing you could ever ask for. I can imagine, yep, I can imagine that's true. Um, Darren, I wanna circle back to you. Um, so it sounds like you've had a, uh, um, uh, an interesting career path that led you to entrepreneurship and, and taking some risks. Uh, what career advice would you go back and give yourself 20 years ago? <laughs> um, don't do it. No, um, <laughs> I should uh, get back into it sooner. I mean, some, there, there's a lot of good lessons. One, uh, the one that I usually, when people ask me on a serious note is, 
you know, um, pay attention to the finances mm. a lot more, especially with, uh, with partners. When you have other people involved, um, I learned that at an early age in my twenties when I had a business with a partner and we were out bidding a job and I'm like, you know, we need this equipment. It shouldn't be a problem. Uh, we'll have the money in the bank. And he was hemming and hawing about it. And finally one day he confessed and I'm like, let me see that, you know, he goes, I've, I've spent it all. I'm like, Oh, so above the salaries that we allowed ourselves, he basically thought it was his own bank account and he blew every dime that we had. Oops. Um, so hmm. yeah, pay attention hmm. to the finances. Don't trust it. You know, uh, you want to trust people, even if they're your best friend, but business is business and, and keep it that way. Trust, so but verify, right? Trust, but yep. verify. Yeah. Exactly it. <laughs> so, um, the other thing is it's okay to put bourbon in your coffee in the morning. So I, I, I should have learned that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Makes the days go better. Yeah, um, no, no, yeah. That, that's the advice that I give myself. No, that it sounds like sound advice. I mean, uh, we haven't bootstrapped <laughs> uh, businesses and, you know, tried to figure out in the early years, like um, Dave and I could sit here and commiserate all day long, like, you know, having to rob Peter and pay Paul to make it work. Um, and, you know, it's like one day you get at the promised land and hopefully there's, you know, you, there's enough to make sure all the bills are paid, but it's not a guarantee at the mm -hmm. onset. That's for sure. Um, how about yeah, you, yeah. Ja uh, Jamie, if you look back, what, what, what career advice would you give yourself? Yeah, I think, um, you know, as a young person, uh, uh, myself and a lot of folks are so focused on the technical things of their job, mm. you know, to, you need to know those things, but you know, the relationships, the people you work with, you know, those are what's most impactful. Every opportunity I've had in my life, it's not because I've done a really great technical job at, you know, at whatever it is that I was doing. It's because I made an impression upon someone. They thought highly enough of me to put me in touch with someone or make that connection. Um, and some of those those touch points were, you know, I look back and there, there weren't significant moments. You, you sort of never know when someone's going to take notice of what you're doing and so sort of work hard, even if you don't think anybody's watching you, because you never know when, you know, when that that moment is going to become something much more profound or where it's going to lead to down the road. And so, yeah, just, you know, know what you're doing technically, but don't forget about the people side of it, because that's the more important side, in my opinion. Yeah, I, it's just funny. We were just talking about that over coffee today, how there was a story that uh, somebody was telling Dave about uh, what, what was it? It was a, it was a drummer, right? And he uh, it was a drummer and he uh, <clears throat> he was leaving a gig and somebody came out, you know, and wanted his autograph and he gave his autograph and he was late getting on the bus and he ended up wanting to wanting him to introduce him to somebody else and get him get his name out in the in the music world and he's like well i can't do that without hearing your music first i'm really late i gotta go here's my card it's got my home address home phone number send it to me i'll take a look i'll see what i can do and nothing really came of it but two years later he gets a call from this guy and says hey i've got this this woman who's starting a band you know, I'd love for you to come and try out for the band that happened to be Cindy Lauper. <laughs> and so he was able to become Cindy Lauper's drummer. And, you know, because he was looking out and being nice, you know, he did, he could have just played the rock star and just gotten off and got on the bus and say, I don't have time for you. And that wouldn't have happened. You know, it's just kind of the right place, right time, like yeah. you were saying before. Yeah. Yeah. And people, people want to do business with people. You know, it's, it is, it's all about relationships mm -hmm. and 
Uh, I know that's one of Sam's strengths. He, you know, he's never met a stranger, and you know, pe people uh, take to him, and, and he, he makes friends very quickly. But I mean, that's what it boils down to. I think that's that's great advice. Um, so we uh, we're big on c company values, and we, uh, we we try to preach our values and, and live our values, and make sure that everybody knows what we're all about uh, as an organization. What are what are the most important values in your organization, in your mind, that, uh, that, that, that you want everybody to know that, that special needs schools are all about? Yeah, I think um, in, our, in our school, uh, we're focusing, we have you know, kids with all sorts of challenges in their lives and backgrounds. We're there to focus on what you can do. These kids almost universally come to us and their entire life is, but the point of focus is what's different, what's wrong, what you can't, what you shouldn't. Hmm. It's always sort of the glass half empty kind of a mindset. And, you know, we're big on breaking that down. Let's, you know, those are all elements we're going to be aware of. But let's focus on what you can do. Let's celebrate those victories. So it's a very optimistic way of sort of going in every day. Um, and I think we all fall victim to the focus on the negatives and, and harp on the stuff that we want to fix and don't acknowledge right. the things we're doing really well at. So mm -hmm. I know that's sort of impressed itself upon me a lot, both professionally in my personal life is just look at things a little bit more opti optimistically look at the the bright side of things what you can do concentrate on the opportunities yeah right? you know just just to kind of it's a more refreshing way to kind of live your life and go about your day um, sure. and so it's I think it starts with the students but it bleeds into everything that we do yeah very cool That's not cool. a not a glass half full or half empty I'm just happy I have the glass yeah, amen to that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Darren, other than uh, exceptional sarcasm, um, I've, I've, I've heard it said that, that, that every startup has to be built on uh, a solid foundation of, of company values, and you, you kind of have to really know who you are before you even set out there. And uh, what are some of those values that, that you guys hold dear? Um, make sure you have a comfortable pillow in the corner for when you cry yourself to sleep at night. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> and wear a big cup because you're going to get kicked a lot. Um, no, uh -huh. it, as, as, far, as far as values, I mean, I would say it's, it's the platinum rule. You, you don't treat people the way you want to be treated. You, want, you treat people the way they want to be treated. Mm. So listen to them, pay attention to them, pay attention to their actions, because not everybody uh, will tell you um, verbally, but they'll, they'll tell you through their actions and to make people, you know, it, they are who they are and you, you can't look into somebody's mind. So it's like, treat them better than you would treat yourself mm -hmm. and, and fulfill their need. And you may not be able to anticipate their needs, but if you can, if you can at least meet them where they where they are and where what they're looking for, boy, you'll you'll get a lot further every day. Um, and so that that's been a huge value that we've learned hmm. throughout this business. I learned it a long time ago and preach it all the time. Even when I was just by myself running, you know, it's like I'm my own employee. I don't know how many times I've fired myself or put myself on a performance plan. It's like, hey, you got 90 <laughs> days to fix this. And it's like, oh, I'm having this meeting again. But, um, <laughs> you know, that, that's probably the one value that sticks out more than anything else. Well, and it sounds like so, you, you guys have got some pretty aggressive growth plans. Uh, when you look out into the future, let's say five or ten years down the road, where do you where do you see launch and go? Um, it will... Well, one, be ready because we've got a, a, a company name change coming. 
Okay. For some of for all all the offices going forward, we we did we had to work through a couple things and establish that. So if you're looking for launch and go, you're going to see all the new offices coming out as uh, WP workspace or WP workspaces. So, um, but five to ten is years this from the now, first where announcement. It, 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 um, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's official. We were talking about it this morning. All right, right there you go. There you go. Is it official? So, yeah. So, yeah, that's out there. So, um, five to 10 years, I mean, hiring the people to run these spaces, each, you know, co working office, they call them a community manager they, for a reason. They're, they're, they, as I said before, it's a community. Having five to 10 years from now, having all those people in place. So, I can work from wherever, you know, if I, if I want to be skiing for a few weeks to a month or hiking or backpacking or wherever, all I need is this, you know, a laptop and a cell phone and I've got the people in place to run the businesses and then I can just come into town when I need to and tour and make sure everything's running the way they're supposed to and move on out. That's the modern so, day American dream. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of, sort of. So we've we've already put a lot of things in place to do that. Um, I think the like the office down here in Peachtree City, it it really does run itself, and I could do a lot by the phone and um, or by the laptop. So having to leave to go up to Norcross to work on that one or go to College Park, I'm not like full of anxiety and like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if I'm not there today? Right. Uh, not not like back in the beginning when it was like, I'm going to run out and get lunch. I'll be back in 15 minutes right. and, you know, kind of freaking out that somebody would, would come in when I wasn't there. And it's just like, no, they'll call me. Well, they'll call me. that's so, that's the, uh, you know, the, the big secret, if you can figure it out, is surrounding yourself with people who are better at their jobs than you would be in that role. And, um, you know, it's, oh, tough, yeah. it's really tough to do these days. How are you guys finding good people? Um, it's obviously there's, there's the, um, employment websites, the big ones with the names, um, we've been using indeed mm -hmm. and gone through a bunch of candidates, uh, kind, kind of funny cause people are like, they're applying They're We're scheduling We've scheduled a bunch of interviews with people and then they just don't show up. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, Ooh, you, are you guys experiencing that too? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Yes, we yeah, it's are. Like, so, but actually, I found we found somebody uh, about a week or so ago through an interview. I think she's going to be like gangbusters. So, called her today, made her the offer, sent her the letter. So, hopefully, Fingers hopefully crossed. she'll say yes. That's great. I think she'll do a stellar job. So, do you think you'll you'll stay focused in the uh, kind of? metro atlanta area for an extended period of time are you thinking about expansions anytime soon or oh boy um <laughs> don't you think atlanta's enough <laughs> yeah that's that's how we look at it <laughs> if, if i if i get 10 offices open in two years i and i'm and i still have you know <laughs> if it still stays white on top of my head and doesn't fall out then i'm good <laughs> if i start losing the hair then i'm going to have problems but um so they, yeah, I, I don't know where we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it depends who comes and presents themselves. There's 
in the market. You know, there's de- there's demand for it, but I also know that there's a lot of people getting into this. Right. Have been getting into this industry that will probably, you know, leave it mm-hmm. because it, it's not as easy. Um, I think there's also some, we'll say, other business models out there that are taking advantage of these mm-hmm. people who want to get into the co-working industry. And I don't think they're they're going to find it to be as profitable as they had hoped mm-hmm. by, by that business model that was established. So um, it's always been brought up to talk about franchising or, or doing something like that, which scares the living daylights out of me hmm. at times. But um, my business partner thinks that there may be something there. So slowly we'll explore that. So sure. if it comes to expansion, it may happen in, in the form of in, in that, you know, model. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a long damn answer. I'm sorry. No, well, that's that's what we're here for. We like those. Uh, Jamie, you okay. guys uh, running into staffing issues, or yeah, we all are. Yeah, no, it's. I think everyone who employs people, it's it's an issue, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of a catch-all is where we find folks. Um, you know, I think teachers in general, particularly special education teachers, it's a calling. You know, mm-hmm. it's. So we have we have people that maybe are generally aware of us, and when an opportunity comes around, they've maybe been feeling that pull for a while, and maybe we're that thing. Um, you know, it's I can tell you historically, no one has worked at our school to you know for their own financial rewards. Um, so that, you know, we're sort of playing catch up on that front and trying to trying to take better care of people because we know is you know just the way the world works. And as we're talking about expanding, we got to keep taking better care of people, making it a more attractive place to work, so that when you know when we open a new building and need you know 15 more people Mm -hmm. uh, that will find those those folks so it's yeah it's kind of a balancing act but yeah the last couple of years have have been challenging but we've been lucky we've had a lot of folks that have been there for decades um, and and literally dedicated you know most of their lives to serving at that school and uh, when we find a really good employee they tend to be there for a long time because that connection is so strong yeah um, Mm -hmm. that that they understand the, the impact they're making on uh, some really awesome kids, and, and we try to make sure we give them what they need to stick around and keep doing that. Are most of the kids that attend the school Gwinnett residents, or they come from it's, further out? Yeah, it's mostly Gwinnett. Um, I think it's probably about 75, 80% of the students are Gwinnett-based. Um, but we, you know, any given year might have between about five and seven counties represented. So mm. sort of Gwinnett in every county that surrounds us and maybe an outlier here or there. Mm. Um, usually it's because, you know, mom or dad or a fam- family member works here around, you know, in Gwinnett or, or locally. So it's not that inconvenient. And then you've got some folks that just, you know, particularly some of the more rural counties where there's just very few options. Right. And they've exhausted all of them mm. and none of them worked. Um, and if it means an hour and a half drive, it, that's what it means. And so... Um, yeah, I think some people have come to us, you know, well, we'll try this out. It's not the closest thing in the world. And 12, 15 years later, they're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had families that have moved away and then have made that, you know, the daily trip back from two hours away because, wow. you know, it's, it's that important in their lives. Um, mm-hmm. I, we even had, I think it was, was this year, um, a family who was going to pull their student out and go, they were moving and going to do something. And the, one of the therapists said, well, I don't know what's been different in that child's life the last six months, but don't change it because mm. the progression they've made has been so profound. And look, well, she's in a new school. It's like, do not change that dynamic. Yeah. And so That's hopefully, great. you know, even if it's not the most convenient and, you know, parents are bringing or someone's bringing them to the school, we're not offering school buses and picking them up and dropping them off. So it is an extra added responsibility on the families, but uh, most of them see the value and see the impact in it. Yeah, that's very cool. 
Well, we, we like to have a little bit of fun with this program when we can and, uh, it, and, and not keep it all strictly business. And, and I've personally been on a mission to find the best barbecue in Atlanta uh, in the last month or two. And I, it's, it, it, I'm, I'm just kind of, I mean, I've lived in Atlanta longer than anywhere else in my life now. I'm kind of a transplant. I guess I, I grew up in South Georgia, but, but you guys came from a long way away. And, and I know that barbecue is mostly a, a southern phenomenon, but who doesn't love barbecue? Um, and so if, if you don't have a, particularly a, a barbecue recommendation, uh, what, you, what, what are some restaurants? Uh, but I'm, I'm going to ask barbecue specifically. And then otherwise, uh, what are some restaurants you'd recommend to our listeners? Darren, you want to take that one first? Um, I, well, you want to know about barbecue. Yes, I, mean, I do. If you're ever up in Syracuse, New York, Hmm. Go to Dinosaur Barbecue. Dinosaur Barbecue in Syracuse. Uh-huh. It is, it's a hell of a place. And it is probably if you go into your, um, go into Publix or somewhere and look on the, on the barbecue shelf there down at the bottom, you may find that. But it's, it's a heck of a place. You walk up to the, there's always motorcycle. Motorcycles are only allowed to park in the front. Everybody else parks hmm. everywhere else. Um, a bike, biker barbecue joint? sounds compelling it that's how it started yeah <laughs> and it's it's a huge i mean there's always a line out the door but it's one of those where the waitress says i'll be back in a minute if you don't know what you're having you're gonna have to wait and mm-hmm. i mean they walk up and they're like you order when she he or she are there and if you're like uh mm, they're like sorry <laughs> i'll get you next time i come <laughs> around and it, it's kind of their theme but their their barbecue is delicious what, what so, about peace peastry city has to have I don't think I've ever had barbecue in that part of the world, but it's got to be something. Off of my grill. Putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, don't yeah the co-host of the podcast will argue. He'll say his grill because he's got that green egg. So he's like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I haven't found any, like, tip-top barbecue down here. Hmm. Um, there's a good sauce. I mean, we've had – there's a company called Stucky Sauce, mm-hmm. and they call it Gourmet Sauce. Have you had their stuff? Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, the cranberry, and we we actually had them on the podcast. So, I would say if you're going to do barbecue, try the Stucky sauces. All right, there you go, there you go. Jamie, Jamie. Do you so, have anything to contribute to this conversation? Yeah, you know, not not much other than um, you know, obviously we've been here for two and a half years, which has not been the ideal two and a half years to be new anywhere. Right. So we're, we're playing catch up on sort of being locals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm intently listening to this conversation <laughs> to figure out where I need to go. Um, you know, I enjoy barbecue. It's oddly enough, sort of, I've have gotten into the world of enjoying collard greens, which was not something that I ever ate. Oh, but, yeah. you know, so now that's sort of my litmus test as to whether or not someone knows what they're doing is the, is the quality of that. Yeah. Um, so I found some that are pretty good and others that, you know, probably straight out of a can or something along those lines but i'm one of those people that's fallen into the big green egg trap as well so i've got that on the back porch and slowly kind of working my way through the progression of of learning that so um i wouldn't call it uh restaurant quality barbecue yet but we're working on that there you go (laughs) yeah well dave and i are are also aficionados i think dave you probably get get more of uh green egg time in than i do but you can probably tell by looking at us Um, well, Fat Matt Trip Shack's been around a million years, there and if you, you hadn't been there, that's a that's a winner. Um, Community Q Indicator, I think, has the best barbecue sides. Um, 
And I hadn't, well, I've only been there a couple of times, but I was blown away by their sides. And I, I'm with you, like sides, that, that says a lot about a place yeah. to me. But um, I'm looking for brisket particularly. I've, I had some, I've had some really, really good brisket in, in Austin, which you would expect in a Texas place. Mm-hmm. But and I'm like, there's got to be a place in Atlanta that can do it that good. So I'm on a mission. But anyway, um, let's see what else. Are we, we start, are we, we running out of time here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mike's, Mike's getting ready to start throwing things at us. Okay. Um, well, I've, go ahead, Dave. I've got to know, Darren. Give me a beer. I'm a. Are you an IPA guy? Or are you? Yeah. I'm all over the board except sours. I do not. I'm not a sour <laughs> guy. Um, a beer. You want one particular beer? Hmm. How about an IPA? Um, an IPA is. There's one out of. It's out of Louisiana. It's called, what is it, Ghost in the Machine, uh-huh, I believe. It. It's in a bottle. Um, in the bottle. You know purple, what? The purple label, yes, absolutely. It's, You've it's had a good it. beer. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> is, that is a beer and a half. Um, it is. <laughs> I would say that, of course. Our local sponsor would also tell you, uh, for the podcast, our local sponsor down here is Line Creek Brewing. Okay. They make some great beers as well, if I didn't say yeah that beer is awesome they'd be like we listen to the show and you didn't talk about us but if you're ever down here i mean their beers do make it up into the atlanta area but down here locally if you're ever down in peachtree city or fayetteville because uh, they have two locations they make some killer beer awesome cool so darren if people want to hear your podcast or if they want to uh find out a little bit more about um uh the co-working space where can they find you um well, it's launchandgoworkspace.com currently. Everything will be forwarded if they need to. So, But it's launchandgoworkspace.com. Uh, the podcast is called Beer in Business. So we drink beer, but we talk about business. Sounds so great. It's not a podcast about beer. Um, and that, if they want to uh, Google us or find us out there on the, on the interwebs, it's beer.business. Nice that simple so um and that's it really thanks for asking that though yeah absolutely and and jamie uh i know you guys you've got a a golf tournament that you put on annually and and a a handful of other fundraising events uh how can people support the special needs schools we'll go ahead yeah i mean of course visiting our website specialneedschools.org is sort of a, a good place you know i always say reach out to me. We'd love to have you over. It's, you know, if you generally know what's going on, it's easy to support, but you go over there and you see the, see the school, see the kids, you know, you, the next question is how can I help this? And so mm-hmm. we'd love to get you over there to better understand what we're doing. Um, yeah, we do our own golf event um, in August. We're working on a really cool event. Uh, we're going to have Lee Trevino coming into town in late June. So um, that'll be both sort of a really specialty golf experience. And then he'll be a keynote speaker at our first ever gala dinner. So um, if you are a golfer of any uh, skill, you want to be around Lee. Lee's the absolute best. So um, we'll have some more information online about that. But, yeah, just just go to the website, reach out to me. Um, I try to be around at a lot of things, particularly here in Gwinnett. So if it's a chamber function or anything like that, likely I'm floating around there somewhere. So mm-hmm. come grab me. would love to, love to chat with you, share more. And if it's something that resonates, 
Um, love to tell you more about it. There's some really cool, um, very tax-friendly ways, uh, actually profitable tax ways to, to give and support the school. So, um, you know, would love to share all of that with you. Absolutely. Yep. Dave and I are uh, excited about the event in August and, uh, and, and looking to get more involved as well. Yeah. But uh, We appreciate you guys on many fronts. Absolutely. Ditto. Well, thank you guys both for, for joining us on the show today. We, we really appreciate it. And uh, so I guess we have uh, we, we've made it to the uh, the end of this program. And if you have made it this far, you have gone and squandered a perfectly good half hour or 45 minutes at this point. Uh, and whether or not that's done you any good, we are grateful nevertheless. Uh, be sure to join us for the live broadcast every month or whenever you feel like getting around to it. But if you missed the live broadcast, fear not. You can enjoy this groundbreaking work of media genius anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on what's going on in there. Uh, we're also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. So for my co-host, Dave Hollister, and Sam Mitchell, our and our guests, Jamie Hamilton and Darren Flanagan, uh, I'm Stephen Tomlinson with Level 7, and you've been listening to What's Going On, on There, What's Going On In There on Business Radio X.